Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Joining me now, as promised, managing editor of D1 Baseball. For all you college baseball enthusiasts listening, and I know we got a lot of college baseball fans listening, Kendall Rogers, you know him. He is our guest now. Good morning, Kendall. How how is life, man? I know with uh, college baseball season underway, you were uh, you were in the thick of it, aren't you, my friend? Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's nice. The weather could be a little bit nicer, especially this weekend in Round Rock. But uh, you know, uh, I thought Week One was really interesting. Obviously, a big weekend for the Cajuns uh, and a big weekend for a lot of teams around the country. So well, it's been awesome. All right, before I ask you baseball questions, I. Uh, this is a question we ask all of our guests. Uh, you may not even have an answer, but what is your favorite Beastie Boys song of all time? Um, I guess Sabotage. I don't know. Hey, that's like saying, you know, I guess Picasso was a good artist. I mean, that's a good choice. Yeah, right. Kenny. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. I was, I was never a big Beastie Boys guy. Like, I don't know why. I just never was. What was your, what was your go-to growing up in Texas? So I pretty much liked everything. So I, I liked like '90s alternative. Um, I liked uh, you know a little old school gangster rap, a little Tupac and Biggie, UGK. If anybody's interested, you know, in, in rap in Houston. But yeah, I, I listen to pretty much everything. Country man, Brooks and Dunn, Clint Black, can't go wrong. Garth. So uh, a little bit of everything. Mixing it up. You uh, you mentioned Round Rock a minute ago. Are you are you going to be in Austin this weekend, or where are you uh, taking in some ball? I will be. So I'll be in Round Rock this weekend. Um, I'm really looking forward to that tournament. I think when you look at the the field overall, obviously Arkansas is Arkansas, number two team in the country. And granted, they lost their you know opening game of the year, but they they bounced back nicely, especially on the mound the last two games. And uh, you know you look at Stanford. You know again they lost their opening game of the year, and then they bounced back and take care of Fullerton. And of course, Indiana. Um, you know they had a tough weekend out at Clemson, but uh, you know Jeff Mercer's team's always good, and I I don't expect that. To, you know, change. Coming up noon today, of course, uh, Louisiana taking on Stanford, ranked number four in some of the polls. I know you guys have them ranked high as well. And uh, why don't we start with the Cajuns, uh, Kendall? What are your thoughts on this this roster that Coach Matt Daggs is and his staff have assembled? And what are your expectations for UL this year? Well, I think the biggest thing for me is when I look at the, the Cajuns, I, this is a team that when I saw them in the fall, I really liked. I, I think, you know, from an offensive standpoint, there's no doubt the last few years, you know, the, the Cajuns have not had kind of that Matt Deggs look to them. And I, I feel like when you look at, you know, guys like Tyler Robertson, you know, Kyle DeBarge, uh, you know, it's, you know, there are plenty of other guys in that lineup too uh, that I have pretty high hopes for. You know, Connor Kemple had a really good weekend. Carson Rocker Ford, he's a really accomplished player. Um, I, I just thought when I saw them in the fall that one through nine, uh, that was a lineup that I really did not find many just totally weak spots. And I think that's a deviation from what has kind of been the case the last couple of years. Uh, I think when you look at the pitching staff as a whole, uh, I like the kind of the trajectory. Uh, you know, you look at getting a guy like Brandon Talley back, you know, Hayden Dirk, you know, uh, I know he had a little bit of a tough short outing over the weekend. But, you know, he's a guy that has big-time stuff. You know, you look at, you know, Bo Bonds is a you know consistent contributor. You know, Tommy, Ray, Tommy Ray's ultra-talented. So, 
I thought they had depth, uh, and I thought they had a lot, you know, on the mound. I thought they had a lot of depth offensively. So uh, the opening weekend went pretty much the way I expected. I, I thought they would win two out of three from UC Irvine, and that's kind of what they did. Yeah, and this weekend, um, you know, Indiana tomorrow, Arkansas Sunday, and then of course, as we mentioned, uh, Stanford today. You know, what, what do you? What kind of chances do you give them going up against? I guess the competition that you're about to see here in Round Rock. Yeah, I think when you look at Stanford, uh, you know, they're they're a lot like Arkansas in the sense that, you know, the pitching staff has a little bit to prove, and they've got a really good offense that really just didn't, you know, do a great job opening weekend. I mean, for instance, Drew Bowser, who, you know, who's a freshman All-American for the Cardinal last year, you know, hit 077, you know, opening weekend. Uh, guys like Cody Huff, Tommy Troy are both accomplished hitters uh, who also didn't do very well opening weekend. So, you almost kind of wonder, you know, if those guys and Arkansas are kind of due from an offensive standpoint. But, you know, if you look at the, the weather, I mean, I, I you know, the, the weather is not real conducive to a huge offensive weekend for really anybody. So uh, those are the two things for me when I look at those teams is they're very, very similar and just kind of how they played opening weekend. Kendall Rogers, our guest, at Kendall Rogers on Twitter. And, of course, D1Baseball.com uh, for all you you know, big-time baseball fans out there, I know a lot of you guys go to it. You uh, you subscribe to some of the extra content. For anyone that's never checked it out, you want to go check it out. What I know we're very early into a long season, Kendall. What surprised you the most about this first week, opening weekend and then the midweek games you've been able to see? Yeah, I mean, I think Oklahoma State going on the road, taking two out of three from uh, Vanderbilt was pretty loud again. I mean, they were number seven, number eight in the country coming into the year, so it's not like it's – you know, too crazy that they won two out of three, but just the fact they went up there, especially after losing the series opener with the All-American on the mound, the fact they won that series was was impressive. I think NC State, when you look at Tommy White, the, the freshman, you know, he had five home runs in, on opening weekend. Uh, he's been just terrific. I think he's still hitting over 600 after the midweek game. So just to start, he's off to, you know, Oregon State's offense, I thought, was outstanding along with Tennessee. You know, Tennessee, a team that I thought took a big step forward last year getting to Omaha, uh, they outscored Georgia Southern, a Sunbelt club, 33-3 to uh, in three games. And, of course, you look at Liberty and Maryland. Maryland goes on the road and sweeps Baylor. And then you look at Liberty, who goes on the road and takes two or three from Florida. Circle Liberty, though, that, that's a team that I think is, you know, people are going to go, oh, well, that's a huge upset. Uh, not, not really. I mean, Liberty uh, made some noise last year. You know, they made a lot of noise in the Knoxville Regional. And they've got a lot of those guys back from that team. So they're they're battle-tested, and they kind of showed it over the weekend against the Gators. Looking at what the Liberty Flames did or Long Beach, you know, going to Starkville and, and getting the series, do you see, you know, a, a, a power like a Mississippi State or a Florida, right, you know, premier college baseball programs, when they schedule these non-conference series early in the season but against high-level mid-majors, do you see some schools as they continue to maybe lose some of those, like being deterred by that? Is it kind of a school by school thing? Like, what do you see in terms of the future of? All right, this is a powerful team. They're hosting one of the better mid, you know, high mid majors in college baseball to open the season. You see more of that in the future, or potentially less of that? I think you'll see more. I mean, I just think when you look at scheduling in general, like you want to play the best teams. And granted, I think everybody kind of wants like a. I hate to call it a gimme because coaches hate when you call it a gimme. But, like, I think it makes sense to for schools to have, like, one gimme series. But outside of that, like, I, w- I want my team to be tested. I want, I want to know, like, where my club stacks up. And so I think, to me, my approach to scheduling a non-conference has always been give me one easy, 
give me one kind of middle of the road and give me one that's a, a pretty stiff test. And, uh, you know, the thing about the Cajuns this year is I feel like Matt put together a schedule that has a lot of stiff tests. Like, I don't think there's a gimme in non-conference on the weekend. And I think these, these are all really good teams. I think UC Irvine is going to turn out to be a really good team at the end of the year. I think they'll have a very good shot to win the Big West. Uh, and, you know, we're not, we haven't even talked about Southern Miss yet, who obviously uh, is going to be really good this year. Yeah, I mean, Coach Deggs, uh, he – he, he he says, what's the point? When I want to ask him, I'm like, you know, I, I don't use the word gimme, right, that you put it. I'm like, <laughs> but, you know, what's the point of doing early? He's like, what's the point not to? You know, you got to get tested. Yeah. Like, go out, see how good you are. Um, you know, and when you have midweek games, whether you're in, you know, Texas or Louisiana, you, you've got a lot of choices of, of teams in the state and in the area to be really good competition. Um, what are your thoughts on – you know, I guess LSU, you mentioned Gimme. They played Maine, then they lost to La Tech. But, yeah. you know, some of the other schools, Southeastern, who Cajun fans saw this week, LSU, Nichols, La Tech. What do you make of uh, college baseball in the boot this year outside of UL, who we already talked about quite a bit? Yeah, I feel really good about it. I mean, I think, you know, Tulane's a team that I think is going to be a force this year. You know, Tyler Hoffman's a, a name to remember with the Green Wave. He moves in the week in rotation after losing – uh, you know, some big-time arms last year. You know, I think they're going to be a good team this year. They're going to, you know, uh, compete for a regional spot. Uh, obviously, LSU, um, they got crushed last night in pretty rough weather. But, you know, anytime you can have that kind of offensive production, um, it doesn't really matter who you're playing. That's impressive. I think the biggest thing for me, the biggest development for LSU, uh, was the way that Blake Money threw on Friday. You know, he's kind of, he's kind of their guy that I felt like has always had kind of premium stuff. But he's never really panned out, you know, or he hasn't got enough innings or something like that. And he's there really well for him uh, opening weekend. I think the other team for me that's really interesting is Lane Burroughs continues to do an outstanding job with Louisiana Tech. I mean, this is a program that hosted a regional last year, and they've got a lot of those guys back. I mean, I, I really like this team coming into the year because they had their whole rotation back and Jonathan Fincher, you know, Ryan Jennings, and, and uh, you know, the, the Jarrett Wharf kid. But, the, you know, offensively, they got a lot of kids back. I mean, Jorge Corona had a big hit last night, if I remember. Phil Machulias, you know, feels like he's been in Ruston for like 10 years. So they've got a lot of experience from a team that uh, was very close to getting to a Super Regional. Kendall Rogers, our guest. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Give Kendall a follow at Kendall Rogers on Twitter. Check out all his stuff over at D1Baseball.com. He is the managing editor of D1 Baseball, the go-to for college baseball news um getting back to uh, I, guess, I guess somewhat cajuns just a quick question on the Sun Belt, kindle I, I look at coastal carolina and you know in their time before they were in the Sun Belt, you know they won a college world series right they they were one of the premier teams not just at a high mid major level but in all of college baseball do you see the chanticleers getting back to that standard at some point are they close are they far away where are you at on coastal carolina yeah, I mean, it has been weird, right? I mean, they win the national championship, and it's just like every year since then, they've just kind of declined a little bit. And what's weird is, like, I don't feel like their talent level's that bad. I mean, I think their talent level's fine. I mean, Eric Brown, the shortstop, is one of the top prospects in the country. Uh, they've got some other guys. And so, yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be good this year. Uh, the question is just kind of how good. Uh, I think they're a top – three or top four Sunbelt team. But, you know, they need guys like Eric Brown to have a big year. Uh, you know, Reese Maniscalco is, you know, back from an injury in their weekend rotation. He's got a big arm, but, you know, can he stay healthy? If guys like Kim can stay healthy, 
but then I think they have a shot to, to have a pretty good year. But, yeah, it really has been an odd story the last couple of years that they've struggled so much because typically uh, teams win the national championship and they kind of go on a run. But, I mean, really, if you look at Coastal Carolina, and frankly, if you look at Virginia when they won the national championship a few years ago, they also kind of declined for a couple of years. So just very odd how that how that's operated. But, I mean, I, I've seen those signs of, you know, instability or anything like that in Conway. So I, I kind of hope they get it rolling again and at least compete for the Sun Belt crown because I think it's good when a program that cares that much about college baseball uh, that they're good. And it's certainly good for a conference like the Sun Belt and, you know, some of your mid-major conferences that yeah. want to get multiple teams into the tournament. And that's my next question for you, Kendall. When it comes to uh, a selection committee, and I know that's a long way away, but this is more of just sort of an – not so much who's going to be in this year. That's that's something I'd ask you a few months from now. But in terms of, like, power conferences, they always put in a lot of teams, right? So you could be in a big power conference, finish three, four games under 500 in conference play, have a mediocre to weak non-conference strength the schedule, and you could still get in. Um, now, the flip side is that is some of those schools get in and they, they win when they get there. But, like, what would it what what would it take to change that from a mid major standpoint? Where okay, look, maybe it's not nine schools getting in from this conference, but maybe it's six, yeah. and maybe this other mid major instead of one, it's two or three. Like, what ultimately would it take to to shift it more in that direction? I think the biggest thing for me is obviously the league needs to take care of business outside of uh, you know uh, conference play. But I, I think when you look at the league as a whole. They need more teams with higher RPIs in conference. Um, the thing that kind of hurts them now is when they get in the conference play, um, you have you know teams like Georgia State or like Little Rock and UT Arlington who don't have the best RPIs. And so I think as you add other programs, you know, particularly you know USM, you're getting a program that historically has you know t- top 25, top 35 RPIs. So the more games you can play against those those kind of teams. Uh, the better off your RPI is. And so that's really just is what hurt, you know, the Sun Belt is, you know, if, if you don't just totally, you know, wipe the floor of teams in non-conference play, uh, there's just nowhere to make that up. Whereas in the SEC or, you know, one of the power conferences, you know, you can have a series loss or even a bad series loss. But, hey, you, there's a way you can make it up in conference play because you're going to play, you know, five, six, seven teams with a top 30 RPI. That just isn't the case in the Sun Belt. So, really, this is kind of where expansion – helps that league so i think this league's only going to get better from an rpi standpoint so i I think the the future of this league is really bright um i think this league is about to go from a a good baseball league to what i consider to be likely a great baseball league that's big for the future of the bell kendall rogers our guest he's in round rock and you talk about the importance of some non-conference games some uh, big ones this weekend for ul It, it it's not just round rock right you have the round rock you have the minute may classic you have uh, a number of tournaments in Arizona. These these early season neutral site games, right, at ballparks, what does that do for college baseball in your mind? And do you see an, potentially an uptick in these neutral site tournaments early in the season? No, I think it's great. I mean, I think it's all about getting the, getting the kids different experiences. You know, I think anytime you can start the year, for instance, at, you know, I was at Globe Life last week. I think anytime you can start the year at a, at a place like Globe Life and you're playing – in a big league ballpark, I think you kind of get to see how your how your kids and how your players kind of handle those situations. So, uh, I think it's good for college baseball, but I think in general, 
just the the whole situation around pro ball is really beneficial to college baseball right now. Again, you know, I don't, I'm not an advocate for, you know, a long-term lockout, but I mean, short term uh, to have all eyeballs on college baseball, uh, that's not a bad thing. I certainly think these tournaments help too. Well, let's say um, for argument's sake and well, not even argument's sake, let's assume that after this year, major league baseball is more on sort of a normal schedule. Are you of the belief system, Kendall, that, it would do college baseball good to move their schedule back um, because, right, you are you have a bigger spotlight, at least in the world of college sports. Um, and, you know, I, players report later. And then, and then to me, the big thing that would stand out is as a positive is some of these schools with a lot of deep pockets in their athletic department, they don't as, invest as much in college baseball because it doesn't make them as much money. But if a lot of that just might just have to do with weather, right? Well, look, it's too cold for us. We got to travel a ton early in the season. It's costing a ton of money. Do you are, are you a proponent of I guess the positives that would come with the schedule change? And yeah. are there any that maybe I left out that I'm just not seeing in terms of what would be a positive here? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think moving the season back to a March first start date makes sense, or even like a second week of March. But I, I wouldn't go any further than that. The problem you run into is the gains that you're going to make from a monetary standpoint early on uh, would be offset by the fact that, you, you know, you've got kids uh, spending a month, you know, in the middle of summer, uh, you know, needing lodging, uh, needing scholarship money and stuff like that. People don't realize that, you know, these, these agreements, they, you know, they run semester to semester and it goes from the, you know, the fall to the spring. And so if you're keeping kids all the way through June, uh, you're paying for an, essentially an extra month of, dorm expenses or whatnot for all of these players. So that ends up being a pretty large cost. But, you know, I, I am for moving it back a couple of weeks. I just think when you look at college baseball, uh, I mean, there's no reason to be, you know, like this weekend to be playing college baseball when it's 40 degrees is a high. So, and, 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 again, I know it's not a guarantee that in the second week of March it won't be that way, but your chances of having it 35 degrees in Lafayette the second week of March are pretty slim. So, I would like to see it happen, and you know, honestly, if you did that, uh, you would have the College World Series falling during Fourth of July. And I think that'd be a, kind of a best of both worlds. Yeah, no offense to uh, Nathan's hot dogs, but I'd prefer to watch that than the yeah, hot right. dog eating contest. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it also just kind of plays into the the great cliche, which is a cliche for a reason, right? Fourth of July, apple pie, hot dogs, baseball—you know, kind of this old. You, you get to. You get to kind of tap into the nostalgia and the feel of the 4th of July, but actually watch some baseball. The other thing I guess I, I would ask you that I, I'm just thinking about just now, what kind of impact would that have on, you know, sort of summer league ball? A lot of these college kids, they go, they play summer league ball in different yeah. parts of the country. Would would pushing college baseball back a little bit kind of kill that? I mean, it would certainly hurt it. But the thing is, is if you look at college baseball, I mean, even if even if the World Series is in the middle of the Fourth of July, you know, time frame, you would still have a vast majority of college baseball players would already be done by the middle of June. So a lot of those players that are reporting at the beginning of June, they would be reporting about you know about a week and a half or so after the normal time. Uh, now, you know, the, the obviously the the premier guys that are on teams in the College World Series wouldn't be reporting, and they'd probably only be in those leagues for a couple of weeks. But still, I mean, you would have a lot of kids already at summer ball, and I don't, I don't, it, I mean, it wouldn't cause them to fold. It would certainly mean that their talent level, at least for the first month and a half, would certainly be very much down. It'd be kind of like you know high school basketball when 
the coaches say, well, now that the football team has been eliminated from the playoffs, I'm about to get two starters back. You know, like, okay, yeah. you just you got to kind of wait for it. Kendall Rogers has been our guest. All right, man, well, my last question for you. I know you're in Austin, Round Rock Classic. You're a Texan. You know, you know. come on, don't like Kendall. You know the good spots. You know where there's good barbecue. Like, I know some folks listening right now that are in Round Rock for the tournament this weekend. Any recommendations of Texas barbecue around there? Well, I mean, you got Salt Lake right next to the ballpark, but there's I've been a lot to that better one. places in Salt Lake. You'll probably have to go into Austin, places like Style Switch, Valentina's. But, uh, you know, if you're looking for good morning stuff, uh, Round Rock Donuts uh, is one of the best donuts that I've ever had. And so uh, I want to say it's like maybe four or five minutes from the ballpark, but uh, that that's a must. And they've got great kolaches and donuts and then, Salt, the thing about Salt Lake is it's doable. Like they have really good sauce. And their, their stuff's doable, and you can walk there from the ballpark. And I, I know everybody's going to need to thaw out after each game. So and that's get, my recommendation, just because it's close. Dude, all the meat just hanging from all the hooks in there, though. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah that I yeah, it kind of it, it makes it taste better than it, it really does. Is. The aesthetics of it, and I have a, a one of my <laughs> sisters. She lives in Cedar Park, so I've. Um, and I, I don't eat many donuts, but the place you mentioned one morning, um, you know, her, they went and got it. My nephew's a big fan of that place. So I have had the kolaches from the place you referenced and yeah, it's, it's worth it. But, uh, Hey man, look, I appreciate you taking the time. Stay warm out there. We'll be following you on social media, checking out all the stuff you guys have over at D one baseball. Again, guys, D one baseball.com. You can follow, you. you can follow Kendall at Kendall Rogers on Twitter Anything else uh, that you'd like to plug, man, before we let you run? No, man, we just continue to have a, a promo on our site. You can use the, the code RENEW22, get 25% off an annual subscription. I'll have a ton of coverage uh, on the Cajuns this coming weekend. So it should be a lot of fun. I, I'm excited, man. I, I, you know, I've, I've been to so many games at the Teague and, I guess, Russo Park, I better call it, just to be nice. But, uh, you know, at the Teague, and, you know, I just think when you look at this program overall, this is a fan base that deserves to have a big-time winner. And uh, maybe this is a team that kind of gets this program headed in the right direction. I'll tell you, the, the, energy, uh, the energy there this past week was palpable. It, it, felt, it felt like something you felt in some seasons in the past. So I, I think they're working with something special this year. I really do. Yeah, you got it. Kendall, appreciate the time, man. All the best. You and got we'll, it, man. Uh, we'll talk to you one. again down the road. Thank you.